Hey, what's up? It's your boy, Stephen McCoy, and you are listening and watching Sessions with Stephen. And today we have film producer Robert Perpavian and screenwriter and producer James Hirsch. Yes. Hey, welcome, guys. Welcome. Thank you, Stephen. Oh, my God. You guys are a lot of fun, and I love to see you guys together. Um, you guys been business partners for over the years. I just want to really know... How fun is it to be doing what you love and then literally having someone that that is a business partner, that's a friend that um, you are able to actually give back to? Well, that's a good question. And, and it's absolutely true. We're very lucky. Uh, we consider ourselves very lucky. Bob and I have been partners for over 35 years and we worked together even before that. So we go back almost 40 years when we did our first picture together. Yep. found that we think alike, but more importantly, we respect each other's uh, talents. So we can lean on each other in the areas that we're good at and depend on the other guy in the areas where he might be stronger. And that's served us all these years. Plus, our families get along. We, 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 are, fr we are truly friends, and that makes it a lot of fun to do. We've had a lot of ups and downs, but mostly ups. <laughs> I love that. And it most certainly has been a success. And obviously, we are here to speak about the Caucus Awards. Now, this year is going to be the 38th annual. How excited are you guys about this year? Well, um, <clears throat> this is really a different kind of awards uh, presentation. Every year has been an in-person uh, dinner. Um, and it always takes place in December at the end of the year. And um, this is truly a new way of doing what we've always done. Um, and to that extent, we feel it's going to be very successful. Um, we've raised quite a bit of money for the foundation and um, we have some extraordinary talent that we're honoring uh, on our program. And, you know, sometimes, you know, God, shuts one window but opens up several doors amen and in this particular case um we have aaron sorkin we have reese weatherspoon we have nicole kidman presenting uh we have the dean of usc we we just have a um parethia pronounce it for me jim yeah. <laughs> a plethora <laughs> parethia of, of talent and one of the reasons being is the obvious which is you can't gather all those people in one room. It's like on one day, one night, in one room at a certain time. So this way, we've gathered all these people at their, at odd times, you know, for 15 or 20 minutes. They don't have to sit there for three hours and wait to do a speech. This is really quite amazing. And um, as a result, we're very proud of the program that will be streaming on Thursday night. This is coming and, and by the way, the, the point about that, of course, somebody like Nicole Kidman, she's in Australia. There is no way whatsoever that we could have had Nicole Kidman participate in a live dinner up the street. It wasn't going to happen. And that's true of all, all these great people. So Bob's right. This has created an opportunity for us to do something that was forced on us by the circumstances of the pandemic, where we couldn't have a live dinner but it's, I don't think we're the only ones who have benefited 
I think a lot of people have discovered some benefits of being yeah. on Zoom. Okay, this interview itself, how would it yeah. have been conducted if we couldn't get together by phone? Not quite the same as seeing your smiling face. Okay? <laughs> so there's a lot of pluses and, and listen, we've run our business on the theory for all of our lives that when we have something to do, we look for the positives in it. And if there's a problem, we look for a positive way to get it fixed. And this evening has certainly turned out to be that. Certainly has. And then most certainly it has been a little bit easier virtually. You get a lot done. But I know other people may be asking a live dinner. So do you guys have a certain company, a food company, and you go send the food to Nicole Kidman and you all have the same meals? Or we talked about that, but we decided, yeah. We talked about that, but we decided not to do it this time. So no, we're not sending food to everybody. <laughs> we did look into that. We decided not to do it this time. But we have people coming in from all over the country watching the show. So we, decided, we, yeah, we decided not to worry about uh, providing food. People can make their own dinners and right. drink while they watch the show, whatever they want. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, what are you most excited to see tonight um, on the Caucus Awards? What do you mean, see? I don't understand the question. Oh, well, I'm sorry. Um, I'll elaborate on that. Well, I mean, because I know one thing that you guys were looking for years ago, looking forward to are maybe the the Writers Award, giving a, uh, another writer an award um, or another film producer an award. I know one thing James mentioned with him being a television writer, he was very excited to give that award to another television writer. So I just want to know what is your favorite thing about the caucus awards? Like what is your favorite moment? In general or this year? Huh? Oh, for this year, definitely. For this year. Oh, I think, in my opinion, um, and I think Jim shares this, is, is that we have raised a considerable amount of money in order for our grants and foundations to be bigger, better, and wider. And that is exciting. And the people who we have chosen to give, out, to give the awards to have supported that mantra that the caucus has, which is the next generation. Yeah. yeah. And, and I would add to that from a personal standpoint, I get, I mean, I'll speak for my partner for a second. The idea that he, as one of the great producers in television, gets to present the award to Aaron Sorkin. Well. <laughs> yeah, to, to get to present the award for Writer of the Year to Aaron Sorkin, that's pretty exciting. And in my personal case, I was able to bring to the table the people who are going to get the Humanitarian Award. Yeah. And one of the things about that is that they're connected to this group called Pianos for People. And a young man walked off the street, the mean streets of South St. Louis, into Pianos for People to learn piano. And now he's in his third year at the Berkeley School of Music in Boston, and he helped contribute to the score of the Fresh Prince reunion. And he's wow. gonna play on this show. So for me to be able to have been a part of bringing that, that's an example of how our efforts can help a young person find a new way in life. Even though he's a musician, as opposed to a writer, producer, director, it's the same journey. It's the journey to success, as we know. So it's and really to be able to see that happen. Let me add to that. Um, my partner gave me a terrific compliment a few minutes ago as, as 
equally to that compliment is my partner's ability as a writer. He's one of the best around. And what he did on this particular show was threw himself in 100%, not only for p pianos for people, but the fundraising activity. And because of Jim and all the people he knows, um, we, we did extraordinarily well this year. Well, thank and you, that, Bob. That, that trickles down to what we're trying to do. Yeah, and, and, and that's the thing. I found success in trying to help raise money for this for the very reason that Bob said that some of our honorees are participating because yeah. people hear that mission statement, our, guy, our goal to help young people in the future from all backgrounds to find a path to success as content creators, people responded to that request. They weren't just giving money because they're friends of mine. They were giving money because what I was saying to them was, this is a cause worth giving to. And they said, you're absolutely right here. And so it was easier for me to raise money in that regard. Because yeah. I was asking them for something legitimate. Now, what do you guys look for in, grant, in the grant program applicants? I mean, you clearly said, uh, like, um, do they have to be college students or... Um, well, let me speak, I, I understand your question, Steve, but let me yeah. speak to that. For the past 20 years, the foundation has given very specific grants and they've been to college and university students to help them complete their college theses programs. We are going to, in the future, expand that to include high school students and kids from the street and anybody who we can help. That hasn't happened yet. That's the future we're building. So right now, the grants that we give and that are highlighted in this show next Thursday are still the grants that go to college and university students and are supported by companies like Panavision, which gives uh, cameras and Illuminate Hollywood, which gives post-production money and the uh, Annenberg Foundation, which helps us provide the grants. That's a specific kind of grant. Yeah. The future will change that into a wider type. So when you ask, how does a student become qualified? In the years to come, students will qualify for all kinds of reasons. In the past, they had to be a college or university student making a film. I still think it's so amazing that you guys are still finding ways to give back during this pandemic. You know, obviously it's been pretty hard and it hit everyone hard um, last year, even this year. Sure. Um, how has this affected you guys? Has it affected you guys? Um, to a certain degree? Yes. I'll give you the most striking example of how it's affected Bob and I. We own the rights to a play that we wrote together that we were getting very close to putting up on the stage with very possibly a major, major couple of stars. We were getting great reaction to this play. It was based on a movie that was on many years ago that we bought and then we readapted into a play. And we had a conversation with a director and he said, I can bring this major star to the table. And the next day, everything in Broadway shut down. Wow. So we're still sitting on this play, waiting for the chance to go back to the theater and start to do it. Um, the very fact that everything shut down, the timing was, couldn't have been worse for us. So that's just one example of how it affects us. Wow. Well, yeah, I, I mean, and you guys are most certainly keeping it going. What would you say to those who 
does look up to you because there's so many people that look up to you guys. I mean, you guys been in the business for a while and are fairly legend. And oh, old is another way to say it. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, not at all. But Jim and I started in the dark ages, Stephen. (laughs) No, the ice age. The ice age was just finishing up. Well, like, what would you say to those who are looking up to you guys? Like, I, I, someone would say, I want to be a film producer. I want to be a television writer. Um, how do I get started? Well, I mean, um, through education. And I mean that broadly. Um, you know, sometimes I marvel at the way Jim can take a story and bring not only his own experience and feelings to a particular character or scene or plot, he can expand that into the knowledge that he has acquired over the course of many years. Yeah. And it always amazes me when I read a script and new things come into play that I had no idea that, in this case, Jim would ever even think about or knew about. And that's an amazing bit of education. And, you know, if you want to be a writer, a director or a producer or a cameraman or an editor, the more knowledge you have, the better off. I mean, both of us read quite a bit of books and it's, that's it. Jim happens to know a lot about history. Me, I don't. Um, but it's always fun to talk about these things. Yeah. And, you know, if, if you want to be a producer, there's a business side of producing. You should be able to understand what it takes to put a budget together, to do cash flows, to understand a balance sheet. Yeah. Crazy words, but still, most people think, well, I just want to be in the editing room and cut, and I want to tell a director and a writer about No, there's a whole other facet to it. That it's an art. I was just going to say, that's one of the things that was the hallmark of Bob's life as a producer. We talked about this when we first met, but Bob made it a point as a young man. I think this goes to your point about how does someone build their career? He made it a point when he was very young to study and learn everybody's job so he knew it as well as they did, if not better. So when he had to deal with a casting director or a wardrobe person or a lighting person or a sound guy, he knew what they were doing and how they did it. By learning their job, he was able to do his job better than anybody else. That's what it takes. It takes that education that he's talking about. And the other thing it takes is one thing that young people have today that we didn't have. Today, young people can pick up a phone and make a film. Yeah. Okay, I got to tell one little story that happened to me to a young friend of mine who was one of the stars of the movie It. Okay, you know the movie It. Yeah, yeah. Okay, he was the young Jewish kid in it. Okay, he was he was the young Jewish kid in it. I was over at his house one day, and he was uh, and I was talking to his dad, who's a friend, and he was walking. He was at the time only about twelve or thirteen years old, Mm -hmm. and he's walking around the house with a camera, a little handheld phone camera. And he and a buddy are doing a series of shots about a little chase in their house. They're making their own little movie. Guy comes around the corner and he films in that. Then the other guy goes down the hall and he films that. 
okay? And one of them had a, a wooden little toy gun. That was it. That's all they had. Mm -hmm. Guy comes around the corner, here he comes. Another guy goes down the hall, there he goes. And then he came over to me and he said, here, look. And they had cut it together so it made sense. It was a scene they had shot. Mm -hmm. And one guy was chasing the other with the little wooden gun. And it looked like a real little chase scene through the house. And he said, now watch this. And the guy with the gun pulled the trigger. It was a nothing gun. And there was a cut to the other kid who blew up and disappeared on the screen. Wow. And I stood there completely mystified because when we did a movie, if we had a scene like that in our day, the work that would have to be done at the lab, the money we would have to spend, yeah. the special effects, the stuntmen, the things we would have to do to make this thing. He pushed a button on his phone and it looked as real as anything we ever made. That's when I knew that young people today can do things we couldn't do in our time mm -hmm. and express their creative ideas in ways that we had no, no knowledge of. Yeah. That's a big chance for a young person to make a film. And with that being said, um, would you suggest that writers uh, shoot their projects first before pitching it? Or would you rather someone just write out their scripts and, and, and send it that way? That's a good question. I, my instinct says, if you want to be a writer, write your script. Yeah, absolutely. Write whatever you're going to write. You can always hire some friends to, to read it out loud so you can hear it. If you uh, make a sizzle reel, if you will, I think that's your question. If you make a sizzle reel of it, yeah. that's not a bad way to go either. That is. I agree with Bob. Absolutely. He's absolutely right. That's a way to do it. But the script is the most important thing. Mm -hmm. What you make out of it is great, but that script has got to work. So no matter what you make out of it, it isn't a good script. It's not going to help you get anywhere. Yeah. You know, it's always, it's always amazing. I'm always amazed. I mean, to this day, I'm always amazed. It's one thing to sit there and think of an idea and like Jim and I kick it back and forth. What are the scenes? What's the plot? What are the characters? Jim goes off and he writes it. Then I read it and I read it and I'm imagining and hearing the words right in my brain. Okay, that works. That doesn't work. And then all of a sudden, an actor, because they're proficient in what they do of interpretation, and they can take those words, and you go, whoa, where did that come from? A whole nother way of doing it. And that, that is really an amazing arc, if you will. And as a writer, you know, you can sit there and type, and you can hear it in your head, but then when you hear it aloud, it takes on a new dimension. Absolutely. Absolutely. And by the way, that speaks a little bit to what, why we like what we've done with the caucus over the years. Because the caucus of producers, writers, and directors, by its definition, illustrates what our business is all about, collaboration. Yeah. Nobody can make a film by themselves. I don't think there's ever been a film that one guy made everything. And if he did, it's pretty boring. <laughs> It'd be pretty, pretty boring, right? It's a collaborative business, and everybody's got to work together to make that thing happen. And that's why our organization is not just about writers, and it's not just about producers, not just about directors, and now in the future, it's not just going to be about them either. It's going to be about creation. Yeah. 
but the creative uh, process. So that, that, that's what we're all about. And that's what we feel good about. That's amazing. What is the chemistry um, that works well for you guys? Because there's, I'm sure there's many people that says, okay, how about we go into this business? Let's team up. Let's, let's <laughs> see if we can work together. Because not all the time that works for others. Especially if you're going into a room and you're bringing a, um, a friend with you, it's almost like, great, how did, you know, what are you doing here? But I think that's great that you guys stuck together and stuck it out and it worked. So what is that chemistry that, that works for uh, partners in business? Let me, let me start by saying a business partnership is just like a personal marriage, right? Yeah. Each one brings something different to the table. Mm -hmm. If Jim and I were both writers, and there have been very famous writing teams, even that, each one brings something different. Maybe one is stronger in plot, and the other one is stronger in dialogue, or they bring something different. Yeah. And that chemistry works. Like yeah. Jim said, you know, I, I have more of a business creative background. Jim has a writing creative background. So together, we can not only come up with stories, but each one of us can go in our corner and bring back our own experience to the table. So, you know, um, and in a marriage, you know, sometimes most of the time <laughs> in today's society, there's a divorce that takes place or yeah. a separation. And the chemistry has to be there, no matter what you're doing, if you're going to form a partnership. I think that goes, what goes along with what Bob said, Stephen, is that we, we've, we've had the good fortune of liking each other and getting, having fun doing what we do together. We hardly ever argue about anything. And when we do, the arguments don't amount to much. But more importantly, we respect each other's opinions. So I know that what he's going to do, he's going to do right. And the same thing is true in the other direction. So we support each other's strengths rather than fight against them. Yeah. And then, I would own, and then I would add one other thing, which is from the beginning of this partnership, I had an instinct that Mr. Papazian was going to lead me <laughs> right to the bank. And I was right. So uh, it was an easy thing to support this partnership because it always went in the right direction. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, other thing, the other thing that's important too, um, between the two of us, we don't really have an ego. So mm -hmm. our egos don't get involved. Mm -hmm. And that's really an important issue. It um, is. It you is. know, many people say I have an enormous ego and, and, and Jim is more than nice guy, right? <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> it's, not, it's not true. In our partnership. Oh, it is. Yeah. Yeah. That baggage. Right. <laughs> we can tease each other about it, but that's not what drives our, our partnership, no matter what we're like to the outside world. Right. And by the way, we've laughed about this many times. People have often tried to split us up when we were working on mm. a project. One person would come to me and say, you know, Bob is not doing the business. I need your help. You and me could do this. Bob is not doing mm. it. Or they would come to Bob with the same thing. You know, I just can't talk to Jim. I got to talk to you. You know, Jim doesn't understand what I'm saying. You do. Yeah. 
people do that to us all the time. But we, yeah. I give us credit for being too smart to fall for that bullshit. I love that, though. It, I love that. That's literally a part of being uh, uh, in a partnership and and making sure you protect your business. That's what That's I do true. love. Yeah. Um, how can people tune in to the Caucus Award, the 30th annual? Well, th that's an interesting question. Um, I would recommend, yeah, but I would recommend that they go on the uh, Caucus Foundation website. There's yeah. information on there. They can figure out how to do it from there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, it's what they call a closed event. So people have to buy their ticket like any yeah. other movie. But they can get all the information they need by going on the website and seeing it And it's there. very well worth buying the tickets, obviously. I mean, it, it's contributing to something. Exactly. The, the buying of the ticket is a contribution to the very things we've been talking about. So that's why we're doing it that way. And like Bob said, we were told, both of us were told, that our goals for this event would never be met. Okay. Mm. We had experts who told us, you'll never get there, not in the pandemic, not in this time, can't be done, what you guys are doing, it'll never get there. And we've exceeded everything everybody said by a considerable amount. Wow. Okay. And I think the reason is that people understand that this is a cause worth giving money to, even if they have to reach in their pocket to be there, they, they get it. And then you add those, those stellar names to our to our list of who's going to appear, and that gives them even more reason to reach in their pocket. Hey, Stephen. Stephen, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do exactly the opposite of what J Jim just said. Here's what you do. Here's what you do. You go on the website. Yeah. You get 10 of your buddies. Each one puts up 10 bucks. You get one of you get the link. You and get 100 to watch it. And Amen. you sit there and you watch it together. You drink a little beer, you have some popcorn, and you enjoy it for 10 right. bucks. That's actually not a bad idea at all. I think I'm well, gonna either way take you wanna keep your you wanna keep your social distance and your masks on, have Very everybody put stuff. up twenty bucks and get five people and you and you can have five people in the room doing it. It's not so hard to do that way. Not at all. Bob's right. See, this is the yin and yang that we love to <laughs> This is the maven. <laughs> yeah, I have to say thank you guys so much, Mr. Robert Papazian and... Hey! Hey, there you go. Very well said. Yeah, thank you guys so much for it. And we'll be tuning in. Okay, it's a pleasure talking to you, Stephen. Thank but you very much. Thank you. Hey, subscribe now.